This is Your Own Voice, the podcast about gender experience and perspective. I'm Amy Breslow. Each week, I invite a different guest to share their personal experiences regarding gender and gender issues. When I use the word gender, I mean the range of social roles, personality traits, attitudes, behaviors, values, and relative power that society assigns to females, males, and other individuals. Gender is an identity that is learned. How we define gender changes over time and can vary within and across cultures. This podcast is recorded at my kitchen table and may contain sounds of life from my home and neighborhood in Washington, D.C. Episode 29. My guest today is Maddie, who identifies as non-binary and gender fluid. Maddie uses they, them pronouns. Hello, Maddie. Welcome to Your Own Voice. I am so pleased to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here from afar. <laughs> yeah, and actually just to say that we are both talking under quarantine. I'm talking to you from my kitchen table in Washington, D.C. And where are you talking to me from? I am in Asheville, North Carolina, I'm talking to you from my desk in my room where I spend a lot of time nowadays. <laughs> and how are you doing since this whole thing began? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. A lot of changes. Life feels pretty surreal right now. Yeah, it's, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that. So Maddie, I'd like to start off by asking, how do you identify? I identify as uh, non-binary or gender fluid. And how do you describe what that means? To me, uh, it's more of a feeling than a meaning, I think. So for me, non-binary feels like I have, I've never really identified with um, the gender binary, like masculine or feminine. And I remember as a kid, when people would say she, I, it kind of felt like a, a weird twinge. But then I also got mistaken as a boy one time and someone said he and I felt that same twinge. And I, I remember not really understanding it not understanding what it meant, you know, and then I went along with my life. And as I got older and got more knowledge and was around the LGBT community and a part of the LGBT community, I learned about non-binary actually within the past five years. And I was like, wow, that, that feels right for me right now. And gender fluid, I feel that way too because, you know, I identify as non-binary right now, but I I don't know. I feel like there's fluidity in everything. Yeah, so that's that's what it means to me, and that's what it feels like to me. And what pronouns do you prefer? I prefer they/them pronouns. So I'm curious, what was the thing? that attracted you to they, them pronouns? What was it that resonated with you that that's how you wanted to describe yourself? So I started using they, them pronouns um, probably about 
three or four years ago, but it's been, so I didn't like come out to everyone and say, here, here are my pronouns. It was kind of like a slow, like I let these people know in my life and then I let these people know and then I let these people know. They, them pronouns means to me, referencing what I said earlier, how I always felt that twinge when I heard she and then I felt that twinge when I heard he. And I feel I feel like I'm still very much learning about myself. I feel like using they, them makes me feel comfortable in learning more about myself and exploring more about myself because I, I don't identify as male or female. Maddie, when did you first become aware of different gender roles? Gender roles? I, I feel like, you know, being, being born in the modern age, I don't think I ever really became aware of specific gender roles until I was a bit older because it was just it was just what I was taught you know I I don't think I became like aware of gender roles until I was aware of things that challenged gender roles can you give me an example when I came out in high school and I I entered a relationship with a woman and I had a friend question, well, who's the man in the relationship? And that struck me. I was like, that neither of us isn't, that's the point. (laughs) And when exactly did you come out? You said high school. So I came out in high school, my junior year. And then I feel like since then I've come out in a way so many more times because as I'm coming to terms with my own gender identity, I've gone through a lot of changes in the way I identify, the way I feel. Because initially I came out as a lesbian and then, you know, years down the road I'm like, wait, I'm not a woman. And then more years down I'm like, wait, but I'm not only attracted to women so I feel like I'm like come I don't know there's there's so much in coming out I feel like as I learn more about myself I come out in different ways if that makes sense totally totally and as a matter of fact when you describe it I kind of have this visual of like a a wave of understanding and as one wave of understanding would crest you would think this and, yeah, exactly. And as another wave of understanding with Crest, that would be a different kind of coming out. So that being said, was it harder to come out as a lesbian or harder to come out as non-binary? Or just would you say they were both equally challenging? I think they were hard in different ways, but I, I remember coming out as initially as a lesbian was was very hard because I I wasn't a part of the LGBT community, at least not outwardly. And then coming out as non-binary, I am I was already a part of the LGBT community, so I had people that I knew would be supportive. That's great to hear. 
Switching gears, Maddie, what issues of gender do you confront in the workplace? So I, I am a musician, um, a guitarist specifically, and I've found it's so hard to not be aware of how gender affects, or at least the idea of gender um, comes into play as a professional musician. Because, you know, there's, I've had the comment, wow, you're good for a girl. And that innately is just like, for a girl, I'm good, (laughs) you know? And because I, most people would perceive me as a woman, I have definitely gotten treated differently. You know, walking into a music store, I have been talked down to and <laughs> stuff like that. And and as a performer, um, one example specifically that I can think of is I play pretty frequently at a at a bar here and the way it's set up is the the area where the musician set up is by the front door and it was it's a trio i always set up by the door but on more than one occasion uh you know a group of guys would be walking in and they'd touch my shoulders and it it's stuff like that that i've noticed that um men that i play with don't deal with you know they don't get the comments you're good for a guy <laughs> you know and they don't get their shoulders touched on the way in and yeah so I it makes me think of an experience um one that I had I was asked to be in a women's jam like there there there's an open jam with a house band that a lot of them happen pretty frequently around around Asheville and there was one that was devoting one of the nights a month to like a women's jam where women are the house band. So I was asked to be a part of that and I was like, that sounds great. Just so you know, I identify as non-binary and use they, them pronouns. And I was met with some weirdness (laughs) for sure. They still like... Initially, they still wanted me to be a part of it, and we're like, yeah, that, like, we want this to be really inclusive. But then showing up to rehearsals, I realized that was not the case. Um, My pronouns weren't being respected. And, you know, in telling them that, I wasn't being like, you have to include me in this way. I was like, this is how I identify if you would still like to be me to be a part of it. I'd love to if um, if we want this to be an inclusive experience. Um, yeah, so that that's one. Another instance, I was asked to play on an acquaintance's record, and she was like, "You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to get it to be an all all female record." And again, I was like, "Just so you know, this is how I identify. This is how I feel." And again, I I was met with some weirdness in person. Online exchanges made it seem like, oh, you're yeah, like 
that's great. I would, we want this to be inclusive, but then, you know, I get into the studio, I'm referred to as she, and in the, in those two instances specifically, it made me feel like my identity and my, the way I feel was invalid and like it was an inconvenience. So that, that makes it hard for me to you know, come out and say this is how I identify because I, in the back of my head, it's, it's still this inconvenience. And one thing that I'm realizing first through music and these experiences is that just because there's a group of people that are marginalized doesn't mean that they're going to be accepting of another group that's marginalized. And that's something that I see carry over into the LGBTQIA community. Like, it's not, it's not just in music. Music, these experiences, you know, made me aware of it. You're like, wow, like, you know, women in the music industry often feel ostracized. And I'm like, I, I am a person that feels ostracized as well in a different way, but a similar way. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to be accepted just because this other group is marginalized as well. That brings me to something that I've been thinking about uh, a lot is realizing that even within the LGBTQIA community, there is a non-acceptance. I've, in, I've encountered gay men that are transphobic. I've encountered lesbians that uh, there's one person in particular I remember saying my identity and saying this is how I identify and then meeting me with, but you're such a pretty woman. And that's that's been something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Even though I am a part of this community, I even feel ostracized within my own community as a non-binary person. And that isn't to say that there aren't loads of people that support me and support my identity. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not accepted, but these are issues that I'm coming across and that I'm realizing are very real and not really talked about. Maddie, thank you so much for all of it, but in particular, that last point and kind of following along the lines of what are we talking about? What are we not talking about? During the past three years, we have been having a different conversation around gender. I'm specifically talking about the hashtag MeToo movement, but other things are, let's say, out there in a way that they never were before. And from your perspective, what do you think is possible now given the current conversation or the current environment that was not possible even a few years ago? So I think today something that I've noticed is more possible is, um, you know, the fact that we can even have conversations like this about gender and sexuality. And when I was in high school, I didn't know. I, I legitimately did not know anyone else you know, in early high school until after I came out, that was 
queer that identified as part of the LGBTQ community. And I think now, at least you know what I see on social media and stuff like that, a lot of high schoolers and even younger are out. Out as a part of the LGBT community. Out as gay, out as lesbian or queer or trans. That's something that I've really noticed has changed from at least when I was in high school until now. And just just the ability that, you know, I'm having this conversation with you. I I didn't even think about think that I would be having a conversation like this even, you know, three or four years ago. How did you come out? <laughs> that <laughs> so I came out to my best friend in English class in high school via a note written on a sheet of notebook paper. <laughs> so that that is that's the first part that's the first person I came out to and I I didn't even come out in a way where I verbalized it, you know, I I wrote it down on a sheet of paper and then you know, gradually came out to other friends and then I didn't actually come out to my parents until I started dating my first girlfriend in high school. So my parents, I feel like, you know, a part of them always knew. I think my mom was able to process it a little a little more because she, I think she, she really did know. My dad had a little bit of a harder time, I feel like. He was raised Southern Baptist, and he ended up going to the pastor of the church that they attended at the time to get counseling about it, and the pastor actually, like, counseled him through it and made him realize, like, it's okay, which is something that is is totally opposite of what you would expect, at least what I would expect. And now they they are so supportive, as as is my extended family too, which I feel very fortunate about. Um, I feel like we're we're kind of going through a similar thing now that I've come out as non-binary. Like there's still as as there was an adjustment period when I came out as um, you know queer there's an adjustment period right now. Yeah. So, you know, I think there, we're, we're all learning. You know, I'm still learning about my identity. Maddie, is there some place in your life where you decided to push on anyway, even though gender expectations said don't? So I think as a kid... I, I remember a lot of experiences like that because I was I was super active as a kid and you know played a lot of sports and was around a lot of boys and on a lot of sports teams that were all boys and I do remember one now that we're talking about this I remember this one instance when I was on this flag football team and the coach would not let me be the quarterback. He would not let me 
He would not let me throw it. He like, And then finally, you know, because, you know, and I got comments. It's like, oh, you're a girl. Like, you like you can't be a quarterback or, you know, this like very small scale of a flag football team when I was a child. But um, and then I and then finally, I think the game was going poorly and he finally let me throw and I threw better than any of the boys on the team (laughs) and that (laughs) that is that's one thing that I remember that's a great story my (laughs) my mom god whenever we bring that up she laughs about it because it it was like a it was like a movie moment like you know like (laughs) for the, the the girl finally gets the chance and then beats all the boys (laughs) you know that's that's one like pretty small scale example that I can think of and then you know being older and then experiencing that in the music world uh especially as I was kind of like coming into myself and being a guitarist and all that definitely ran into somewhere oh but you're a girl and then it turned into oh you're good for a girl you know (laughs) And hopefully now the response is, you're good. Yeah, I feel so fortunate to be a part of this music community here. And we're so tight-knit and such good friends that I think for the first time in my life, I'm not, it's like, I feel like something that hung over me. I, I lived in Boston for a bit and went to school there. and whenever I would play in ensembles or jam or play in groups, I was always so aware that I was being perceived as a woman. Um, And here in this community and these bands that I'm in with my friends and uh, the crowd that I run with, I, I don't feel aware that I I just feel like a person. I feel like an equal. I'm playing music. Um, And that's, that's something that's really come to my attention in the last few years I'm like wow I'm not like gender isn't hanging over my head in this weird way that it has in the past that's great Maddie is there something you'd like to see everyday people start doing now to make a change around gender something I'd like to see is more patience patience from both sides and you know tell and expressing being non-binary I don't automatically expect someone to use the right pronouns for me every time and I've seen people use incorrect pronouns like not maliciously at all and then get attacked and I feel like that's not that's not going to get us anywhere farther so I think I think patience is the word I know it's not really a concrete thing that I want to see, but I think patience is the first step in, um, you know, setting the foundation. Actually, I think that patience is a very concrete thing, and it's so interesting that you have brought it up this way, because truly, patience is something every single person, you know, starting in this country and then beyond, 
we are all having to develop patience as we are facing the current situation. I mean, truly, I'm thinking about the things that I have to be patient for and about that I never did in the past. So to me, you know, it is never a bad time to bring up patience. And I love the way that you have weaved it into the gender conversation. Yeah, it's it's something that <laughs> I'm learning a lot about, too. I think, I mean, like you said, we all are right now with the state of the world. And there's just nothing but uncertainty right now. So patience is popping up in, in all the little corners. So Maddie, is there anything else that you would like to add, either something that we already discussed or something that didn't yet come up in the conversation? I think one thing I'd like to add is, you know, just because I feel comfortable having this conversation um, and safe doesn't mean that that's the case for everyone. And I think it's important for people like me and other folks who feel safe and able to have conversations like this to have them. When I was younger, there wasn't anything like this. There weren't podcasts on gender. I guess what I'm trying to say is like have these conversations for the people that can't. That is a great note to end on. Maddie, thank you so much for taking the time and talking with me today and engaging in the conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It, it's been it's been really nice to be able to have this conversation. It's made me makes me think too, you know. Great. That is definitely my goal. <laughs> so thanks again, Maddie, and take care and be well. You too. You've been listening to Your Own Voice, the podcast about gender experience and perspective. Your Own Voice is produced by me, Amy Breslow, with IT support from Alex Moreno, and is registered with ProtectRite, music by Kevin McLeod. If you have comments or questions you'd like addressed on the show, please submit them on the website, yourownvoice.org contact. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, I invite you to check out my Patreon page, patreon.com, your own voice podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'll be back in two weeks with the next episode. Until then, take care and be well.